Bom dia, boa tarde. Welcome to another short news flash podcast from PortugueseSoccer.com. My name is John Neves, dropping this episode on Wednesday, November the 25th. Happy holiday, Thanksgiving to all the followers in the uh, United States. Of course, today, uh, tomorrow, of course, Thursday is the very big holiday. So enjoy the turkey and all the food. Um, Want to also say, uh, first of all, this is going to probably be a very short podcast. But I did want to say that my last podcast, um, I had Nino Torres, the English language announcer for Gold TV, which broadcasts in North America. Got a lot of DMs and a lot of emails about it. A lot of people enjoyed listening to what goes on behind the scenes with TV and how does it work getting the legal rights and all. And uh, thank you again to Nino for coming on. And um, you can, of course, listen to it on uh, PortugueseSoccer.com in the podcast section. And it's also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, as well as Anchor FM. Just search for PortugueseSoccer.com. Let me know if you have any issues. Um, but uh, great interview and really enjoyed having Nino on. And I'm going to be bringing him back uh, probably toward the end of the year to talk about uh, what's going on with the Liga at that point uh, in the season. Uh, but today, Wednesday, November the 5th, a very sad day for multiple reasons, of course, today. Diego Maradona, the great Argentinian player, passed away. I had the uh, privilege to watch him in his prime when he played in the World Cup for Argentina. And obviously one of the greats of the game, no doubt about it. Uh, so he unfortunately passed away today. And uh, domestically in Portugal, we unfortunately had some very sad news. A uh, longtime uh, Porto administrator, Ronaldo Teles, passed away because of covid um, obviously, Ronaldo Teles, the right-hand man for many years for Pinto da Costa, someone who has been there at Porto uh, when they won the Champions League, when they won Europa, when the new stadium was built, and obviously all the recent success in the last few years. Um, no doubt he has been a big figurehead behind the scenes at Porto, and unfortunately he passed away as well on uh, Wednesday. Uh, and a Benfica name passed away this week as well, uh, José Bastos, a uh, goalkeeper with a big name in the club, and unfortunately he also passed away uh, earlier uh, this week. And uh, let me tell you something about uh, Ronaldo Teles and uh, uh, José Bastos, you know, a lot of people are fans of their favorite club and they get to follow them every match and live the passion through the TV screen or the relatos on the radio. But very, very few people get to play for their favorite team and very, very few people get to work for their team. And imagine getting up every morning and knowing you're going to go into the office to work for your team like Ronaldo Teles did for many years. Or in the case of José Bastos during his prime, playing for Benfica as a goalkeeper. Um, you know, that is very special. And their legacies are entwined with their respective clubs. And that's got to be a source of uh, great comfort to their families uh, for them to be associated with the history of their club. So condolences uh, to the families as uh, well. Um, uh, as we get going in this podcast, uh, first talking about the uh, schedule, of course, after uh, a break of a few weeks because of the national team and because as well as the uh, the Cup, the Taça de Portugal this weekend, uh, it's back. The Liga Noja is back uh, this weekend. And uh, not only is it exciting to be back, but also this weekend, 
depending on the results this weekend in the Liga, it also decides the teams that qualify for the League Cup, the Tasa the Liga. Uh, yes, for those who didn't know, uh, they are playing the competition this year, although because of the condensed schedule, because of the pandemic, there is no group play. What they've decided is that the six top six teams in the Liga Nage after week eight, which is this weekend, will automatically qualify for the quarterfinals of the Tasa of the Liga. And the top two teams after this weekend in the second division um, would qualify. And those would be the eight teams that would play the quarterfinals with the semifinal and final taking place um, in January. And as far as uh, the Liga Nage goes, Sporting, Benfica, and Braga have already qualified Porto, mathematically, it hasn't qualified, but they are in good shape with 13 points in fourth place. Uh, and then Nacional, Santa Clara, Rio Ave, and Victoria Guimarães in fifth through eighth place. They each have 10 points. Uh, so probably two of those four teams are going to qualify in fifth and sixth place. Now, Santa Clara could make things interesting this weekend with that if they're able to somehow take points from Porto. Um, but Porto is in great shape. All they really need is a draw. Although, of course, a draw wouldn't be good for Porto this weekend. But uh, when we talk about the math here, I think Porto's in pretty good shape to qualify. And then the question is, is you know, who are the two teams from Nacional, Santa Clara, Rio Ave, and Vitoria de Guimarães uh, that will also make it to the uh, Tasa de Liga? So Liga action returns this weekend. And we will see who the top six teams are that also qualify for the League Cup, the Tasa de Liga. As far as the second division, in terms of the top two teams after this weekend, Estoril has already qualified. Uh, Mafra, which is in second place uh, with 21 points, they could pretty much clinch with a draw this weekend. But Estoril and Mafra look to be in very good shape, although, again, Mafra still needs to get a result this weekend to be the seventh and eighth team that will be playing uh, in the League Cup uh, next uh, month. And by the way, next month, December is coming here fast. Don't forget December the 23rd is the Super Cup Porto Benfica, two days before Christmas. So uh, next month in the middle of December, not only are we going to have the Tasa de Portugal, the draw was made today, but you're also going to have the quarterfinals of the Tasa de Liga next month. And then, of course, you have the Super Cup on December the 23rd. So a lot of good football, soccer, whatever word you use in your part of the world that's coming up. And obviously, you know, just talking about the immediate future, just very exciting to have the Liga Nosh back. The schedules for week eight and week nine are available at PortugueseSoccer.com. Uh, there's been a few schedule changes, and that's all kind of explained on uh, the uh, website. But that's your upcoming uh, schedule. Um, talking about the clubs, um, want to, of course, talk about first place sporting. How about that? Um, I have a cousin um, as well as a neighbor um, who are walking with an extra kick in their step these days because their favorite club is in uh, first place, uh, something that they thought would take a few years to do. But Ruben Amarin paid $10 million to Braga. I know I think it's a little bit more now with interest in terms of what hasn't been paid. Is basically working his magic, uh, Pote, uh, player of the month in the Liga during the month of September, October. The goalkeeper, Aden, has been doing great. Uh, Nunu Santos has been doing great. Uh, Mensch is getting a lot of attention from the big clubs. Uh, the young striker, Tumaj, is doing very well. The players that they brought in, like Poro, have been doing very well. Um, last year, at this time, 
when Sporting played the Tasa de Portugal third round, they were upset by Alverca. Remember that match? Bruno uh, Fernandes came in in the second half as a substitute. Um, this year, Sporting left no doubt about it and won their cup match on uh, Monday, 7-1. to one. They played a lot of their best players because some of them hadn't played in a few weeks uh, and weren't on national team duty. But Sporting does appear to be for real. But again, the real test is going to come up is going to be between now and, and Christmas. And is this a club that is for real? And if you go back seven or eight podcasts ago, um, you can look at the headline, um, maybe more, maybe 10 or 11 podcasts ago or episodes ago. I had mentioned, and then a few weeks later, I, I almost regretted it after they were eliminated by Europa. But now I think my words are still holding true. If the younger players at Sporting contributed, and so far they've scored a third of the goals, and the players that were brought in, the veteran players, contributed and brought their experience, and the players that were younger that came in, um, you know, obviously everyone's playing because they want a bigger opportunity in their futures. If they came in and did their job, they could pull off a surprise. And if you had asked 100 people back in the middle of September when the season started, you told them, that toward the end of November, Sporting would be six points ahead of Porto, and maybe as many as it is now, four points against Benfica. I think that out of those 100 people, at least 95 of them would laugh at you, and then maybe the five diehard Sporting fans would have been exciting to hear it. But here we are, and it's happened. And I think if you're a Sporting fan right now, there's a lot of excitement, excitement in Sporting Nation. And I think right now Sporting is living up to their billing. But I think what's going to happen now these next month or so with uh, the matches in the Liga, with the Taça de Portugal, uh, with the uh, matches uh, in the, um, the, the League Cup, again, they've already qualified. This is a team that really in the next month or so is going to really have a chance to prove whether or not they are uh, for real and uh, they, of course, uh, next month um, are going to be playing in the Taça de Portugal. Uh, they're going to be playing Passos de Ferreira, but that match will be in Alvalade. So they've got a bit of an advantage there. But bottom line for sporting, things are going very well. I think they've pressed all the right buttons, regardless of how you feel about the president, Federico Vrandes, who, by the way, is back on country duty as a doctor as this second wave hits Portugal with the COVID. Um, Sporting the team, the first uh, the first team squad certainly is uh, doing the best since probably when JJ was at Sporting that one year when they finished in second place. And again, I know a few Sporting fans that are walking around very proud to be wearing their Sporting scarves, especially because the weather's colder and you need a scarf. And uh, it's always funny when I see, especially my neighbor walking down the street with the Sporting scarf. He likes to wear it on the outside and, and make sure that the other Portuguese uh, see him. Um, they haven't been able to do that in a very long time. So a lot of excitement with uh, Sporting. Uh, Benfica did not have a great match. This week in the Cup, obviously, they played a lot of their seldom-used players because a lot of the internationals were rested. Um, a lot of people did not expect them to be four points behind Sporting. A lot of people obviously expected them to be playing the Champions League. But the bottom line is they are in the hunt. When they play this Europa match against the Rangers, they are in the hunt to still compete with the Rangers for first place. But in terms of the overall goals of Benfica, they're pretty much still 
all within the expectation that they can meet their objectives and at least compete for them. And I know a lot of people wouldn't be happy finishing uh, being four points behind sporting. But I think uh, even though a lot of people I know in Benfica Nation feel that they should have done better, um, it's important to note that you know we are only in November, much like when I talked about with sporting. But I think in the next month, with these important Europa match against the Rangers, tough match on Monday at Maritimo. Then, of course, you've got the uh, Portuguese Cup, which they kind of have it easier compared to the other big three, you know, waiting the winner of Vila Franquins and San Juan Nantes. So maybe an easier ride for them in their Tasa de Portugal match. But don't forget, you know, obviously they're going to be playing the League Cup. And then don't forget, next month, December the 23rd, is the Super Cup against Porto. So I think we're going to really see what Benfica is really all about in the next month with some of these important matches coming up and, you know, how does JJ rotate the players and, you know, and, and obviously do what everyone at Benfica wants to do. And that of course is get the three points and, and try to win back uh, the title. Uh, but obviously the important thing for Benfica right now is focus on the Rangers, which by the way, is not going to be an easy match. Uh, and then of course, um, get ready to go to Madeira for which is going to be a very tough match at Meritimo where of course last time they were at Meritimo not very good memories with you know that was the time when Bruno Lage and the team parted uh ways uh Porto of course fantastic form in the Champions League they've already made a lot of money um right now in cruise control in second place they draw in their next match against Olympiacos and they pretty much qualify uh, to continue playing uh, early next year in the Champions League. And um, their form, though, in the league, of course, you know, obviously six points behind uh, Sporting and, um, you know, obviously uh, two points behind Befica and Braga. And whenever you're a Porto and you're behind Befica, it's never a good thing, regardless how many points you're talking about. But uh, Porto, of course, a different results in the league. Uh, the big news with uh, Porto, of course, has been the stories about Hulk and will Hulk uh, be coming back to the team. Apparently, there is some mutual interest there to bring back Hulk. But the challenge with Hulk, of course, is uh, money. He obviously earns a lot of money in China, but his contract is up. But obviously, coming back to Porto, the one thing that Porto has going for them is, of course, Champions League. They're in a good position to qualify, and much like they got Tereme, who wanted to play in the Champions League, they have that uh, that thing that they can hang over players that I think is playing a very big part with the club. Now, they're still you know, trying to find their form in the league. Of course, Conce Song has said on a few occasions that to play at Porto not only means to play your best, but to understand what it means to play for the club and really represent the city. And obviously Hulk knows that already with the success he had at uh, Porto previously. But Porto, of course, does have a lot of new faces that they brought in and they're still trying to work them in. But you got to think at this point that this is a, uh, a team that's got to be ready from this point on. They cannot afford to lose points this weekend at Santa Clara. And essentially in Liga play, what Porto has done to themselves is they put themselves in a position where they cannot afford to lose points. They've lost that buffer zone where, you know, even if they have a bad match, it's okay. You lose a bad match, you could be down maybe eight points, you could be down maybe nine points. So that's the danger uh, with uh, Porto uh, right now. And of course, obviously, they want a result this weekend. They want to qualify for the Tasa de Liga competition, that, by the way, that they've never won 
Um, no matter how many people downplay that they don't care about the competition, you know the administrator behind the scenes uh, do not want to be involved in a competition. They want to win it, especially a competition that Benfica has won so many times. It's sporting has had some success um, in the last few years. So a big match this weekend, by far, in my opinion, of all the matches this weekend, the best match of the weekend to watch. Obviously, I know Meritimo Benfica is a very good match. But I think, in my opinion, uh, Benfica, uh, excuse me, uh, Santa Clara Porto is probably the best match of the weekend. Um, and uh, one thing, by the way, I have to say about Marseille, who Porto beat uh, today. You know, Marseille has lost 13 straight matches in the Champions League. Um, obviously, some of that happened before Andres Villas Boas uh, became manager. But you know, now four matches in the Champions League, and you know, he hasn't won either. But 13 matches lost in a row in the Champions League. And I know people who really believe that top to bottom, the Portuguese league, especially with, let's say, the top four or five club, clubs in Portugal are better than the league is France. Obviously, no one is as strong as PSG. But when you look at a club like Marseille and Lyon, a lot of people feel like the big clubs in Portugal could handle them. So, uh, But of course, that's not reflected in the coefficient rankings because French clubs have had a lot more success, a lot of it with PSG and I think Marseille a few years ago before the streak had a pretty decent run in the competition, if I recall correctly. But um, surprising result by Marseille. Um, again, you know, we obviously want all French teams to lose because um, we obviously want to get back to uh, being in fifth place, even though that's going to you know take a very long uh, time. Um, I'm going to wrap up this uh, podcast talking about the national team. Um, obviously that took place recently. We lost to France. Um, I know some people that are disappointed in Fernando Santos. Um, let's not forget he did win us two major competitions, or if you're, you know, not taking the nation's league seriously, he did win, you know, Euro 2016, uh, Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo just really has been very successful under him, but you know, sometimes you don't win and we lost to the world cup champions. Um, Obviously, you know, one of the best teams in the world. Um, so a big disappointment. It was, you know, when we lost to France, it was also the first time we lost a match in the League of Nations. Um, but that's really all it is. It was just a very bad night, a very bad match. But unfortunately, uh, when you have a team like Portugal, everybody is uh, playing to beat you, especially when you have big name players. And of course, France has big name players too. But Portugal has a lot of people you know, that want to see them on television with Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Bruno Fernandes, look at what Diego Jota is doing. Patricio has done a hell of a job with the Wolves. So Portugal, like I say, is must-see TV, but it wasn't to be. They just lost a, a very unfortunate match at home. Um, now, of course, it's time to concentrate on the World Cup draw for the groups qualifying, which is going to be on December the 7th. And then they'll start playing those matches in March and April. And then after that, the focus will be on getting ready for the Euro, the postponed Euro, which will be taking place in June, where Portugal will look to defend uh, their 2016 uh, title. And um, I'm not sure if Portugal, by the way, is going to be playing any friendly matches in February. They have, there's usually an international window. I don't know at the time that I record this podcast, but I know sometimes there's usually a match in February. And I know some years they played that match in the much warmer Algarve. I'm not sure if that's the case this year, but for Cristiano Ronaldo, he needs eight goals to break the all-time record 
for most goals internationally. That you know that includes, of course, goals in real matches as well as goals in friendly. Um, but uh, you know, I would love to see Cristiano break the record at this summer's Euro. It would continue his great legacy. Uh, so you figure two matches in March, probably two matches in April. I don't know if maybe they play a third match like they did recently. I don't know. But we're going to go ahead with just, say, two matches in March they play World Cup qualifiers, two matches in April World Cup qualifiers, and then you probably play at least three matches at the end of May to get ready for the Euro, maybe four. I think Cristiano has a chance to possibly do it and score eight goals because, you know, he's just, you know, obviously he's that effective as a goal scorer. He's almost good for a goal a game. But if he doesn't and he sets himself up to do it in the Euro, that that would be just awesome. So I know that a lot of us, of course, Portuguese player, we're rooting for him to be successful. So that's something to watch out for um, in the spring. Um, I'm going to end this podcast with regards to uh, talking about COVID in Portugal. Uh, always, of course, please wear a mask. Uh we seem to have a second wave happening in many parts of the world. Obviously, Portugal uh, on Wednesday, fifth over uh, nearly 5,300 new cases, 71 people died, but over 5,100 did manage to recuperate. But, you know, in the summer, it was like two or 300 people a day testing positive. Now it's like five or 6,000 a day. Uh, Portugal in a state of emergency. Uh, you know, during the week, there's a curfew overnight. And then on weekends, Pretty much you can only be outside, if I remember correctly, during the morning. And then 1 o'clock, the curfew starts. Um, you know, tough times right now in Europe. Um, although I know in the last few days, the numbers have gone down overall in Europe. France is having problems. Germany is having problems. You know, um, and obviously at this time of the year with the weather being colder, a lot of people having problems. The states are having problems. Uh, I was talking to a good friend of mine in Toronto. They're in lockdown because they're having big, big numbers. Uh, I heard a story about a guy who owned a barbecue that's fighting against the lockdown, keeping his place open, and unfortunately being shut down. That's a story, by the way, you hear in many parts of the world. Um, it's just very tough times. But the good news, I know there's been two vaccines in the States that have been developed that have gotten some tremendous uh, results. Uh, there was a third one as well announced. Um, so the bottom line is, is the word vaccine is being spoken of more. And um, if I've heard correctly, I think in the middle of December, some parts of the world are going to start vaccinating people. Now, many people won't get the vaccine until next year, maybe February, because, you know, these things, you can't make them right away. But at least they're talking about it, folks, and at least it's happening. So I think that that's, you know, very good news. But right now in Portugal, Tough times, tough times in other parts of the world. The league as of now is in play. Um, I know some of the non-professional sports in Portugal have been halted, but professional sports, uh, they are still playing. A lot of the other sports are playing their matches in the morning because of the afternoon uh, curfew. But the Liga and the second division are, are uh, you know, still playing some of their matches, you know, after one o'clock. Um, look at the second division. Uh, a lot of the second division matches, yeah, there's still some matches going on uh, in the afternoon, although most of them are, you know, are still early. But um, Portugal right now, unfortunately, does have some curfew rules. So again, our prayers are with them, uh, just like our prayers are with everybody around the world. And again, stay strong. 
please wear a mask. Enjoy the return to action this week of the Liga Nage. And I'll talk to you very soon. Take care, everybody. Ciao. Thank you.